welcome everyone. Welcome um, here on, on the We Are. It is the eve of Christmas, a pretty exciting time. And uh, we've just spent three weeks uh, looking at uh, peace, uh, hope, peace, and, and this morning we get to joy. Um, and then tomorrow we celebrate Christmas Day. And uh, as I was preparing uh, this message of joy for us this morning, um, the, the natural go-to, we've been looking at a carol each uh, message as a part of this series, and the go-to was Joy to the World. Um, what a song, everyone knows it. And as I looked upon the lyrics, Joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. I was struck by the words, let every heart prepare him room. And this morning, um, as we just spend some time in, in God's story and his word, I just wonder in our hearts how much room there is this Christmas and into 2018. Um, how much room have we prepared for what God may want to do? Because God has never changed since he created all things. He, he is seeking and searching. In Chronicles, we read that the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And therefore we know that the Bible declares that and it's true and that God is still searching for hearts that are committed to him. So a couple stories to start with. I love Christmas. Uh, for me, one of the best times, um, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I just, I just love every part of Christmas, all the food and the joy and the presents and the moments that come with it. Now, um, I, I studied acting and then ministry and, and I'm now down this path of, of being a youth pastor. Um, so my brother, um, he's five and a half years older than me, doesn't often need my help. Um, my, my, my passions and my, my, uh, I guess skill set doesn't always rely, um, on things that he may need. But I got this call during the week. Um, and he happened to, he, he's a banker and an accountant. So, you know, we're, we're kind of different worlds. But I got this call. It was actually a text. And he said, I need you. Could you could you speak to your friend Santa and get him to call my children? I know you love Santa, Andrew. So could you call him and get him to call my kids? Because they are running a riot. And so I was in the middle of a family Christmas meal with my mother-in-law and, and Emma's side of the family. But, you know, when crisis happens, I go there. I, I wanted to be there for my brother. So I get on the phone, uh, I speak, I, I catch up with Santa, he's still stoked that I was one of the oldest teenagers to um, continue to write to him, and uh, he says, yep, I'll give him a call. And so he calls my, my brother, he, um, and apparently on loudspeaker, this is my brother's now told me the story, he said, oh, ho, 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 happy Christmas, is this Oakland Avenue in Borkham Hills? And I hear these, uh, heard that the kids said, yes, yeah, yeah, that, that's us. And he said, is there Charlie and Evie here? And they said, yeah, we're, we're here. Uh, I've been hearing you've not been very good children. You must eat your dinner, go to bed. There's three nights till I come. And anyway, the kids then said, we're sorry, Santa. And so this was incredible. And my brother was very thankful that I had a good friendship with Santa. And, and I tell this story because... Um, occasionally God wants to use us. Um, and for me, he, he used me in this moment. But what I point to is more that, 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 that there is in, around Christmas, there's just hundreds of moments of joy and laughter and pleasure if we just look for it. 
Um, I love Christmas movies. Emma loves the Polar Express. I've been trying to dig out some old ones because I don't like that one as much. So I pulled out Miracle on 34th Street. And there was this other moment as I was seeking to prepare my heart for the love of of God and, and what this this time we remember is all about. And there's this moment where um, uh, his name uh, is Richard At- Attenborough, actually, plays the role um, in this movie of Santa. And there's a young girl that gets put on his lap. And the mother says, oh, she's deaf, but she just wanted to see you and sit with you, Santa. And he nodded and the mother walked away. And then Santa looks to this child, smiles at her, and he actually knows sign language. And for a minute, he engages with her and says, you are a beautiful young girl. And her face lights up and she commun- he communicates with her. And in this moment, I, I just was reminded of the kindness, the kindness that can break through at Christmas time, the kindness of Jesus who we remember that would constantly seek to care for the lost and the lonely and the broken people the deaf, the sick, the oppressed. And that's what we come to in this time where we we, we recalibrate our hearts and align ourselves with the message of God. The problem is with happiness and laughter and pleasure is they come and go and and we live in this day and age where we're we're high and we're low every day as we face fear and anxiety and, and doubt and worry. And therefore, happiness and laughter, they're healing, they're powerful, They're so good for the soul, but they don't last forever. So then we turn to joy and we ask ourselves, why is joy such a theme at Christmas time? Worldly joy is defined as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. But the problem with happiness is it's built on circumstance. And so this morning I want us to reflect that happiness is circumstantial, but joy is supernatural. Joy lasts forever. If we could just grasp what joy is. And as we look to a biblical definition of joy, one writer writes, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. God had this plan that we would always have this joy. Yet when I look around and as I see family and friends and the world, joy seems sometimes impossible to hold on to. But the joy throughout Scripture is that that God would have a relationship with us and that through trust and walking with him, through Jesus, through sending his son over 2,000 years ago around this time, God was saying, I want a relationship with you. Would your heart make room for me? As we look to 2018, how much room in your lives and time and heart is there for Jesus? God is relational. He always was. He always will be. And God is is seeking that we would prepare to connect with him again and, and open our eyes to the awe and the wonder of the supernatural, miraculous story that, that God came from earth and was born as a child into a poor and homeless situation. And so would you turn, um, if you have your Bibles, to Luke 2. We were in this story last Sunday at our carols when we looked at peace. But within this story, we discover God's heart for joy. And it's through a supernatural encounter of the shepherds with the angel. So if you would read from Luke 2, verses 8. 
That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. See there at the end of the story that Mary kept all those things in her heart. She was preparing room for the trust, for trust and faithfulness to enter into what God had told her about the child, now revealed to these shepherds, these unlikely characters who had arrived and confirmed that the Son of God was her child. And so as we look to this story, there's this incredible scene where we see these humble shepherds encounter the glory of God. As we read that story, we hear that the shepherds were terrified. We've got to ask ourselves, why were they scared? I suppose if, if you or I were to encounter one angel, we might be unsure, we might question it, we might be a bit nervous if they were to reveal themselves. But if we were to host not one, but a whole army, a host, an, an army of heaven's angels, I can imagine you or I would fall to our knees. We would be humbled, we would be in awe, we would be shocked, we would be nervous. Many people um, let go of the angels from the story and they, they choose to think they're just kind of part of um, you know, magic, but, but they're not. When we look into angels, we actually find that um, throughout uh, the scriptures, 116 times angels are in the Old Testament and 175 times in the New Testament. So God cares for these characters. They are created beings, more powerful than humans, that God uses on this earth to bring his message, to bring his love. And so here in this story, they're terrified. But the angels say, do not be afraid. Do not fear. And as we look in uh, and as I researched the, the kind of fear they were experiencing, I was amazed to understand truly this, this fear that the shepherds would have felt. Because up until this point in history, only special chosen people have encountered the glory of God. Only the prophets who would talk to God. Only the priests in the Holy of Holies would encounter God's glory. Or kings or leaders, they would know God's glory. But here, the shepherds, they're just shepherding their feet out in the desert. And so what we find in this story is that God is now sharing his glory and his goodness with all people. 
Up until that point, it had only been for a few, but now it was for everyone. And so what we learn from this is the heart of God to seek and connect with our hearts, that we would prepare room for him. As we look to the shepherds, at, funny enough at that time, whilst we know they play a significant role throughout the scripture, shepherds in society had lost status. They had been banished to the desert. Um, the ancient text referred to them, uh, Jewish text referred to them as incompetent, unskilled, useless, and uh, it's even recorded that they should be left to die in the pits of the deserts. So shepherds were not, um, uh, that whilst agriculture had been a prized part of their history, they no longer were that necessary to society. And so again, in this story, God's love and his supernatural presence and love and choice was coming down and going to the unlikely people. As Jesus went to the sick and the poor and the lost and the broken, he went to the shepherds who were outcasts. And so we learn this truth that that God is seeking to meet us, but to go beyond our normal worlds. That we would prepare room this Christmas and into next year. How are we to share God's love and glory? And that's a huge question for us to ask. And the final character I wanted to draw from this story is, as we've mentioned, with the angels. Similar to the moments that I find in Christmas movies and, and through Santa and through the mystery of Christmas, I think angels add to this supernatural story that can connect us to the supernatural part of joy. And so we see in the, that the angels are mentioned almost 300 times in scriptures. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon said it's superstitious to worship angels. So don't hear me wrong this morning. The purpose of angels is always that we worship God, that they point to God's goodness and glory. But Spurgeon said, but it is proper to love them. It is proper to love and cherish angels and to know that their work was to point to Jesus, the Son, and to point to God. Angels are created by God. And um, the good angels, they remain obedient and they carry out God's plan on earth. But we also know there's fallen angels, one third that joined Satan, disobeyed God, and they continue to cause havoc and spread darkness across the earth. And it's important that we don't hide from the, the truth of the fight and the battle that we face every Christmas and each year, that it, that it is a battle that the message of Jesus and that the love and the hope that he can give anyone in any situation is still true, despite evil and darkness across our world. So as we see these angels, the writer of Hebrews calls them ministering spirits sent out to serve those who will inherit salvation. Angels are sent to help us being saved, our hearts being healed, us experiencing joy. The Psalms record that there are billions upon billions of angels. So many people interpret that there are angels here this morning, that there are angels protecting and and caring for God's people that he created. And so it's important that we don't close off our eyes that this story is not just a story. It is the longest lasting, the most famous, most widespread story ever. It is a supernatural story. In the second dream to Joseph, It was an angel that appeared to him in Matthew 2.13. Joseph warns, uh, Joseph is warned by the angel to flee because Herod, the evil dictator, Jesus was born at a time where he was to be oppressed and murdered by Herod. But the angel said to Joseph, flee, get away 
find safety. Take Mary and take the child. And so we see this incredible relationship of the angels protecting and helping us today to know the story that spread. And so as we look to this, this supernatural story, what does it look like for us to prepare room in our hearts this Christmas and into next year? I want to just sit in the words of the angels, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. As we look at the message of joy this morning and this biblical theme of joy, it's actually throughout all of scripture. Through the Old and New Testament, God's heart is that through relationship with us, that we would be able to walk in joy, experience peace and hope that would constantly give us joy. That even when our happiness um, or there's moments of suffering or, or struggle, as we look to the, 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 the darkness across the world, as we look to famine, as we look to the, the different crises and, and natural disaster, that joy could, we could still believe that joy can break into those situations. So as we look to the Psalms, King David, a, a king after God's own heart, When he wrote in Psalm 16, verse 11, he said, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. David was exclaiming that through a relationship with God that you and I can have through Jesus, that anyone can, that in the presence of Jesus is fullness of joy. That means no matter what we face, we can hold on to joy again. When the shepherds got there to this child, we read they were filled with joy. They not only received that joy, but they then spread it. And the shepherds, the outcasts, they became some of the first evangelists that spread the message of Jesus. Incredible. Purely from the presence of Jesus, from the presence of that baby child, they knew that was the Son of God. And so as we prepare room in our hearts today, Again, allowing the presence of Jesus to overwhelm us with his love and his kindness that we would begin to dream again into next year. How can we make more room in our finances, in our time, in our lives, in our heart, in our passions to let the fullness of joy not only fill us, but to share it with others? This psalm, um, me and Emma, were asking God for a scripture for next year possibly to paint on our wall, but it was these words that in his presence is fullness of joy. And I just wonder if, if again, we could consider what does our relationship with, with God through Jesus look like? In Matthew 6, we read that in the secret place, you'll be rewarded. When you spend time with Jesus, you will be rewarded. And that was what God was seeking, was relationship. If we need more peace or hope or joy, It comes through our relationship with Jesus. It comes through prayer. It comes through looking at him. And that that can look very different. Some of you may start at 6, 5 a.m. It may be just 15 minutes before work. But where and when is your secret place to connect with this child that was born many, many years ago? Before Jesus died and, and left this earth, in John 15, we read him sharing with his disciples, I have told you all these things on earth so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay one's life for one's friends. 
as Jesus grew up, he, he had one message, which was the power of sacrifice, the power of sacrificial love that gives both you and others joy. As we overcome our circumstances, happiness is circumstantial, but joy is supernatural. When we press into joy, it can supernaturally take over everything we face. And finally, in Hebrews 12, we read that when we keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. This child was not just a child born into poverty, but this child continued to face persecution, stones, insults, and then eventually he was on his knees and said, Father, take this cup from me, unless it's your will. And and God said, this is my plan for you. And then we read in Hebrews that was for our joy, It was for Jesus' joy that he endured the cross for you and I. We can never take the cross away from Christmas and the birth of Jesus. Even for Jesus, joy was not circumstantial, but joy was supernatural as he gave his life up on the cross. And so as we we look to Jesus and his life and the cross, it's important this morning as we seek to to reconnect with joy and to look at our, our hearts and joy next year that we... We are aware of what steals our joy. If the Bible and God is seeking to fill us with joy, why aren't we always joyful? It's not easy. Just this week we saw devastation in our own country there in Melbourne. Just a horrific act. How can we describe that as a time of joy? So we see that that, that actually it was a fallen angel and an army of angels that now taint the earth and feed sin and and fear and evil. And so this year we've been plagued with horrible acts. We saw a a horrific scene in in Vegas this year. We see the world's biggest refugee crisis continue to grow. We see the Rohingya state uh, and the oppression in Myanmar. We see floods in Bangladesh and Nepal. We see horrible earthquakes and mudslides devastating communities and families. In 2017, natural disasters doubled. What steals our joy is is Satan and evil and these acts of terror and fear, natural disaster, and the fact that creation is groaning, that our families and that sickness, is it is real and we have to still deal with it at Christmas. How can we be filled with joy and take a message of joy when those are suffering? We have to look to Jesus because he himself suffered and shows us the way. As we look to the world, those, those things can plague us and they can dishearten us. But even more importantly, it starts with you and I. And personally, I wonder this Christmas, what are the, the personal things that perhaps Satan is twisting in your hearts? Where is their bitterness or perhaps unforgiveness or perhaps just disappointment? Because these are the things that that evil wants to hold into your heart so that there wouldn't be room for joy, that there wouldn't be room for this supernatural story of the message of the angels, that God's love and favour is there for you if you would just connect to God again and say, help me through this, strengthen me, show me your plans, 
you have the path to life. So as we look to Jesus, he has the answer. As we look to the lyrics of joy to the world, let every heart prepare him room. As we look to Mary, Joseph and Jesus fleeing from the tyranny of Herod, we see that the path to joy is by faith. It's by faith and not by sight. And so this Christmas, where have you seen kindness? Where, what are you thankful for? Where are the moments of happiness and pleasure in the work of God? What has God been faithful to? Who has he been caring for that can shift your heart, heal your heart and make room for that supernatural joy that the shepherds experienced? And the question I leave us with today is how can we increase our supernatural joy? How can we go above and beyond our circumstances? One uh, blogger writes that the coming of Jesus was to set a revolution of love and justice that would sweep away evil, free all victims and end all wars one day. This Christmas, remember that the followers of Jesus are not to side with the empire, but to sit with the terrified, to comfort those who mourn, to join the meek and merciful and pure in heart and to hunger and thirst for the righteousness that Jesus can bring. How can we increase our supernatural joy? Um, there's a, a worship leader uh, from America called Sean Foy. And for 10 years, he's been working in Iraq. And in, in northern Iraq, this just this past month, they had a rally of worship to raise $100,000. There's now 3.4 million refugees just in northern Iraq. And this Christmas... Um, this worship leader is actually living out his worship, not just on stage, but he continues to do acts of love and kindness. And through that $100,000 they raised from a worship rally and a donation fund, they've just been giving out food, blankets, heaters, mattresses, shoes, and more. But I don't want us just to think or become guilty. What have I done this Christmas? Oh, I haven't done much. Don't hear me wrong. I just wonder this morning if we can dream again, and it's not just about this month. It's about 2018. It's about looking at our whole year. It's about preparing room in our hearts to see God move, to see his Holy Spirit lead us to new people, new places, new works of God's love, where perhaps the angels of heaven are wanting to minister joy and salvation. Joy is not circumstantial. It's supernatural. It's led from inside. It's led through faith in Jesus. And so I encourage us to find space over these holidays. How can we increase the power of the supernatural joy God gives? Charles Spurgeon writes that man is like a harp unstrung. The music of our soul is discordant. His whole nature wails with sorrow. But the son of David, the mighty harper, has come to restore the harmony of humanity. And when his gracious fingers move along the strings... The touch of the fingers of an incarnate God brings forth music sweet. Would God that all men felt that divine hand. Would we allow room in our hearts to feel the great harper, to feel Jesus, to bring music again into us. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. He, Jesus, rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove 
the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Would we be harps of joy? Would we allow joy to bring bring through our hearts this Christmas? Let every heart prepare in room. Let me pray for us before we sing. Jesus, thank you. Thank you again for the life of the centre. Thank you for this church community. Thank you for all the, the people that we serve as a, a sports community. But right now, as a gathered family before you, God, I pray that whatever we're facing, whatever circumstances, as our happiness comes up and down, that we would hold on and trust that the Holy Spirit produces love and joy, that we would allow joy to break through, joy that lasts forever, joy that is supernatural. And would we sing with the angels this Christmas, glory to the God of high, glory to God on earth. And as we look to the new year, would we prepare room again to share this joy and let joy win in this fight here on earth? Would light break into darkness? Use us in new ways, God. Heal our hearts, stir our hearts. And we just come to you this morning with thankfulness and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.